Hello, and welcome back to The Empowered Resilient Woman, a podcast that supports all women on the journey to becoming their most resilient self in life and in business. I'm your host, Kimberly Smith. Wow, it has been a wild ride over here. Um, lots of change happening in my life, in my personal life, in my relationship life. And uh, with that being said, today is going to be a little bit of a different tone for this podcast for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, I'm in an entirely new space. I am in a new apartment. Um, everything behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, is going to look new than it has. Haven't really decided where I want my office to really officially be yet in my new place. Um, so in the meantime, you get to look at everything behind me. <laughs> um, also, uh, I'm recording very late at night. Um, my daughter just went to bed. I normally don't record at this time. Also now being in an apartment, of course, apartment living, you've got people living above you, below you, walking through the halls, the corridors. So yeah, uh, there could be some door slamming. There could be some interference and yeah, I just ask for your um, grace, I guess. I guess that's appropriate given the topic that we're going to dive into uh, because I do not have the energy to do a whole lot of editing this week. <laughs> so <laughs> I was talking to one of my girlfriends earlier. Uh, she said that she really enjoyed the podcast episode, the most recent one about self-love. If you haven't listened to it, go back, check it out. And I was telling her how I was going to try and raw record this next episode. And by raw record, I mean like literally no frills, just I'm a dive in and, you know, tack on the, the music that comes in the beginning, the music at the end and throw it out there into the world. <laughs> These are the moments where we confront perfectionism head on. <laughs> uh, trust me, I've definitely had my inner critic kind of piping up and I've been shutting it down. <laughs> so, um, no, I am really grateful to be here. It actually feels good to be recording this and actually kind of a cozy vibe. Like maybe this is going to be my new go-to recording time. Maybe just in the evenings after I'm just completely physically and mentally spent and I don't have the energy to perfect or to get in my head about anything, I can just say, fuck it. Let's go with it. Uh, that feels like a vibe and I'm down with it. So uh, today I want to really share a part of me that I haven't really talked about a lot on this podcast or a lot with most people. Um, my close friends and I talk about this all the time. Uh, they know me to be very spiritual and uh, I'd say that it's pretty accurate, but I don't really talk about my spiritual life, um, or I haven't yet on this podcast. So, you know, this has been something that's been a long time coming and I'm really excited to kind of share with you what's been on my mind, what's been on my heart, uh, to empower you, uh, and, and really show you kind of the gifts that all of this has to give. Um, you know, we talk about faith and surrender on this podcast. Those have definitely been common themes, but, you know, it takes a new shape when you're kind of weaving in religion and prayer and some of these things that kind of get a bad rap. Um, but we're going to go in 
headfirst and we're going to talk about how we can really harness spiritual tools for stress relief and manifestation. Because, you know, people think of religion and prayer in these really rigid ways. And, you know, I like to think that there's something for everybody, right? And I think I'm going to sh- share some things that maybe you've heard before, maybe uh, you've not heard before. And as always, I encourage you to approach this with an open mind and an open heart and take what you need and leave what you don't, right? These are one of those things that it's like, you know, people can get really touchy around some of these topics that are very personal, faith, prayer, religion, all of it. It's It can be very, very personal. So, you know, let's talk about it. Faith and prayer, you know, they obviously hold such a significant importance across so many different cultures and religions. They're this fundamental aspect of any spiritual practice or any spiritual life. And in many cultures, that faith and uh, that spiritual life is kind of the cornerstone of personal and communal identity. It provides this sense of purpose and it gives meaning to life and it creates this connection to the divine and higher power, which is just kind of magical. You know, prayer, it's really often really considered this form of communication with the divine, right? When we're praying, we're, we're talking to God, we're talking to the divine, our source, our creator, and it's this universal practice that we, so many of us, I don't want to say all of us because not everybody does it, but we use it to express gratitude, to seek guidance, um, to cultivate deeper relationships. And, you know, across all the religions, such as Christianity and Islam and Judaism and Hinduism, Buddhism, and all the others, right? Because there's so many out there, faith and prayer play an integral role in people's lives, in rituals and ceremonies, in daily life, in tools, um, you know, or just acting as tools for spiritual growth and healing and of course, connection with each other and the divine. Um, You know, so what is faith, right? Like, you know, when you go into some of these new territories of kind of talking about religion and trying to have an open mind, um, you know, I just love a good definition, you know, I'm a sucker for it. So, you know, let's break it down. You know, I think faith is believing without seeing, right? It's this strong belief and trust in something or someone often without any evidence, right? It doesn't require having evidence. It doesn't require having proof. Faith is really this belief in a higher power, a spiritual system, a set of values even, or even principles, right, that you live in for yourself, for others, for the world. It involves like having this just known conviction, right? This trust, this confidence, this inner knowing in the existence and the reliability and the truth of something, right? Whether it's a value or just something you believe in or or somebody, right? And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, not often is there proof, right? Like that's where the faith comes because you you have to keep believing even when 
maybe things don't look so positive. Faith manifests in various forms, right? Throughout all the different religious, you know, practices. And, you know, we find our faith in the teachings and the doctrines and, you know, our personal faith, which involves like having faith in ourselves and other people's, our abilities, our intuition, the goodness of humanity. You know, overall, having faith implies just having this deep-seated belief and confidence in something that provides meaning to us. It serves a purpose and it gives us direction in our life. There's been so many studies done and documented of the psychological and physiological effects of having faith and prayer and what that does to stress relief, right? So what are the impacts of having a spiritual life, having faith, participating in prayer on your stress levels? Psychologically, it can do a lot of amazing things, right? So it can reduce anxiety and depression. Um, you know, studies show that engaging in prayer and expressing faith lowers anxiety and depression, lowers uh, levels of cortisol, right, in your body. It increases resilience um, by fostering the sense of resilience. You know, it, we're just like it helps us cope with life's challenges and setbacks. Believing in this higher power kind of takes the pressure off of us, right? And that's the surrender aspect. We can kind of turn things over. And while we do that in a very non-tangible way, the results are tangible. So we have an enhanced well-being when we participate in regular prayer, in spiritual practices. They're linked to just overall increased well-being across the board right? So, you know, for me, you know, prayer is this kind of meditation. It requires stillness, reflection, um, sometimes ritualistic repetition, you know, and it puts us in this kind of trance-like state, which is, you know, not to go too nerd on you, <laughs> but uh, it's the uh, it's the same wavelength. It's the same frequency that we're in when we first wake up or when we're about to go to sleep. And that's usually when we have the most uh, impact on our subconscious, right? That's when they tell you to do you know, affirmations and things like that, right? Because your brain is really in the more relaxed state. It's more receptive. And it targets the subconscious mind, right? So when we're doing this prayer, when we're meditating, when we're repeating affirmations, when we've gotten ourselves into this frequency, that's when we can really impact um, our anxiety and depression and lower cortisol levels and really increase our well-being. The physiological effects, you know, of course, there's the psychological. And then what does it do to our, our actual body? right? It activates our relaxation response, um, you know, balances those hormones, like I just said, lowers blood pressure, improves our heart rate, and it helps regulate the nervous system. Pain management studies also suggest that spiritual practices can moderate pain perception and increase tolerance. Um, and so, you know, it can lead to kind of this decreased experience when it comes to physical pain. That's incredible. 
immune function, of course, you know, if we are, we already know that faith and prayer has a positive impact on regulating our nervous system and, you know, our nervous system controls our immune function, then of course it's going to positively impact our immune system functioning as well, right? Added bonus. (laughs) You're not going to get sick as much if you pray and you do spiritual stuff. Um, And then overall longevity, right? Because of the stress relieving and health promoting effects of these faith-based practices, there is some evidence that suggests that individuals who engage in these religious and spiritual activities, they tend to live longer. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am making it into the centurion club. I want to live to be a hundred. <laughs> um, so if that means that I have to pray all the time, pray every day, I mean, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> There's no doubt. All right. Based on all of these studies, like faith, prayer, they impact us psychologically, physiologically, they impact our, they relieve stress. They improve our mental and physical well-being. This is just one reason, right? So many reasons to incorporate some type of spiritual practice into your life paired with these other holistic approaches to health and wellness that we often talk about here on the podcast. But what about mindset, right? You know, these there's so many levels to which we can be impacted, And, you know, faith and prayer have a definite positive impact on our mindset specifically, right? The way that we think about ourselves and the world. First off, it gives us a sense of purpose and meaning. When we practice our faith, when we pray regularly, it gives us a sense of purpose and meaning for life. You know, so many times we come to think or wonder, like, what is our purpose? You know, why am I here? Right. And you can really gain a lot of clarity in those moments, which we'll talk about in more detail. Hope and optimism, you know, they can make you more of a positive and hopeful person. I know for me, and I'm going to share more in detail about kind of the place that religion and spirituality has been in my life. There was a time where I was very disconnected from my spirituality, very disconnected from my faith. And I could actually see myself become a more negative person. There was this period of my life when, you know, I was a new mom and, you know, I was just very, I was in, had relocated to Florida, all the things. And I just felt like a fish out of water in so many ways. I felt so disconnected and that in itself too made me feel even more disconnected not you know having a spiritual life or any type of you know faith-based practices interwoven into my day it kind of um magnified that feeling of like what is this all for uh and i definitely saw my mindset go in the gutter you know i was a big complainer i really just I just was generally irritated, (laughs) which was not necessarily my natural state, you know, um, growing up and, you know, being a young adult, like people would always say, you're so positive, you're so cheerful and optimistic. Well, at this phase of my life, things really weren't, that wasn't the case. Gratitude and contentment. It's so, you know, gratitude is just such a staple in my life. It's something that you know, I harp on, you know, we hear talked about a lot and the benefits of it. 
But when you express your gratitude for the blessings and the guidance that you receive daily, when you regularly acknowledge and appreciate the good things in your life, obviously that's going to shift your focus away from any negative circumstances or situations and foster this greater sense of contentment and satisfaction within your day-to-day life. Never a bad thing, right? You know, and in our fast-paced life, can really feel like we're chasing that next thing. Like we're always going, we're always looking for that next achievement or milestone or whatever it might be. And it can have us always feeling in this quite restless, right? You know, like I actually just got a book for Christmas. I haven't read it yet (laughs) because I've been so (laughs) in the shit myself this year, but um, it's all about kind of like the art of contentment. And like really learning to just be happy with where you're at because you're not always going to be climbing to that next thing, right? We're going to have plateaus. We're going to have times where our progress and growth, quote, growth slows, right? And we are growing even when we feel like we're not. But to really learn to be content and grateful, you know, and to do that with kind of a faith-backed practice, it's where it's at. Forgiveness and compassion. So many faith traditions emphasize the importance of forgiveness and compassion for ourselves, for others. And when we kind of reflect on the spiritual teachings, um, they promote this kind of feeling of empathy, right? You know, to really put ourselves in the shoes of other people, not just to Um, be sympathetic to their situation, but to really feel and to really be like, wow, yeah, I have been there or I can't imagine being there. Um, It's just this deeper level of connection and understanding for each other. And, you know, when we can really practice going into that place, whether that's in our faith life or whatever, right, then we then we do it in our real life. We do it with the real people in our lives. And that leads to healthier interpersonal relationships, you know, inner peace. I mean, isn't that what we're all after? (laughs) Stress reduction, faith and prayer-based practices, like we said, they activate that relaxation response. They lower our cortisol levels, right? When we relax, then of course our mindset is going to shift away from those stressful factors and kind of being the, be in this more balanced zone. And that leads to perspective shifts. It's very hard to reframe challenges when we are in an activated state. So obviously, you know, getting into that, you know, kind of hypnotic rhythm or frequency like we were just talking about through prayer through through any type of spiritual practices you know we can ref- really then look at things in a more realistic way when we're not so emotional when we're not so jacked up <laughs> um you know we definitely need to get those emotions out for sure <laughs> but then but sometimes we're just not in that headspace right where you're just not in that mindset to reframe when you're emotional. (laughs) So you've got to take it down a notch. You got to find a way to kind of regulate yourself 
And then you can see alternate perspectives. Then you can see a more supportive mindset to take on for whatever challenge that you're facing. You know, personally, my belief in God and my ongoing faith has really helped me cope a lot <laughs> with stress, with change, with challenges, um, things that I didn't think that I could do, um, disappointment. I was raised in the Methodist church. I'm still Methodist today. I was raised by a single mom of three, and my mom really relied on the church for a solid foundation. There were years where we were just really not financially stable. And I remember the church dropping off Thanksgiving dinner supplies. You know, we we all participated in church activities. It was really a community that we embedded ourselves in. You know, me and my siblings, we sang in the choir, we did the bells. Uh, and for the most part, we went to church very consistently. As we got older, we were kind of more and more lax about that. You know, our schedules kind of get a little crazy. You're involved in more activities. Um, you know, mom's just tired of getting up. She wants to sleep in. <laughs> I don't blame her. <laughs> um, but we all made our confirmation. And for me, this was definitely a special event. I remember going on a retreat with my peers and realizing that church was much more than just praying and studying the Bible. It was about community, you know, and connecting with not only the community at church, but connecting with the people who were our neighbors, who were essentially strangers living out in the world, um, you know, day to day in the hustle and bustle, right? Like everybody's just like going about their lives and that's great, right? We all have our families and friend circles and we have our little like networks, but the world is so much bigger than that, right? Like when we think about humanity and why we're here and and the power that people have when we come together, when we band together, when we work towards any common goal. It's pretty inspiring. But, you know, my mom, she she relied on the church community and that is probably something that I personally have not explored enough. Um I have not been as involved in the community at my church. Uh or really, you know, community service as I have been, or as I used to be when I was younger. When I was younger, I did a lot of community service. I worked for nonprofits. I loved it. It was always something that made me feel amazing. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, I can see how when you're doing those things regularly, like you're, it's going to have a good, it's going to, it's going to make you feel good. You're going to be uh, feeling like you're not just going through the motions of your own life, but that you're contributing to the success of other people's lives too. You know, as a kid, I think I always felt connected to God, but I didn't really understand that connection fully, right? Like as a kid, like everything's kind of mysterious and you're like, well, what is this God thing? You know, you're just kind of putting the pieces together. I actually kind of fell out of place at Sunday school because unlike other families, we did not sit around and read the Bible. And there was a, a lot of those families that we grew up with, like they knew their Bible stories. 
<laughs> I did not. <laughs> I was lucky if I knew the Noah's Ark story. Um, but I, so I felt kind of, you know, self-conscious. It was intimidating for me. Um, I felt a bit like an imposter, you might say, but the connection was there. I, I remember laying in bed and at night, like going to sleep and feeling this like presence, right? And I began praying when I was very young. Nobody ever told me to. I just did it. Um, and since my childhood, I still pray. I still pray every night before I go to sleep. I close my eyes and I thank God for a good day, for keeping myself, my family, and my loved ones safe and healthy and giving me the strength and the courage to persevere because, you know, it's it's kind of a jungle out there. <laughs> Um, you know, for most of my early adult life, I really, like I mentioned, was detached from my spiritual life. You know, you're just kind of out there seeking and doing and trying to graduate college and get your job. And like, there's just so many other things that you prioritize. And, you know, I, I didn't go to church, um, but I did my nightly prayers and, you know, I prayed when I desperately needed something like many of us do. But other than that, I did not spend a lot of time connecting to God or the divine during those years. I actually ended up getting married, though, in the Catholic Church, which also made me feel like an imposter <laughs> because um, my ex-husband is Catholic and, and and Catholicism, you know, if you're familiar, uh, is very different from the Methodist and Protestant traditions. I'm still Christian, you know, still going off the same book, but very different. And I had no idea what I was freaking doing during those services. My God, they had a lot of reciting and kneeling and repetition. And I couldn't even take communion, which made me feel very sad. <laughs> you know, I, I, I felt um, like this outsider that was just left in the pews, like a, a sinner. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're all sinners, but you know what I mean? And it left this kind of bad taste in my mouth, which I think religion has done for a lot of people. Um, you know, religious trauma is real. A lot of people have been hurt by the church, have had really unpleasant experiences within church communities. Um, you know, some of that has been really widely publicized. Some of it hasn't, you know, and so I just want to make mention of that. And, you know, something that I really love about my church, uh, is that they are very open-minded. Um, they welcome people no matter what your religion, religious denomination is. They kind of have this slogan, open hearts, open minds, open doors. I mean, I love it. Um, in fact, the church that I go to now, um, is also, I forget the word that they called it. We actually just talked about this, but they have a uh, rainbow flag, a pride flag hanging right out front to basically say like, everybody's welcome, right? The LGBTQIA community, they are welcome to come um, and pray and be with us. And they're not going to be condemned for any of their choices of who they want to love. Love is love. That I just absolutely, it just makes me so happy. Um, but you know, I think that it's normal for us all to go through changes in our spiritual life, in our the way that we connect to God, the way that we 
seek solace in prayer and faith and surrender. And I don't think that's something that we need to feel bad about. I think that it's just part of our journey. It's just part of how we learn what's going to fit for us. And, you know, there have been times where I wasn't really into it. And then there was other times where I craved it so desperately rubbing my neck right now because I have a kink in it. (laughs) Um, But I've spent a lot of time over the last, gosh, I'm trying to do the math here and it's late, probably seven years, a lot of time over the last seven years, exploring what I believe in, what my values are, and how that resonates with me within the construct of religion as I know it, and then how I want to reconstruct that as I want to know it. And so my faith in spirituality is kind of a mashup. (laughs) And I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to give you insight into my mind and how I work religion and faith and all of these things into my daily life and what my beliefs are. You know, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, the Holy Bible, the stories. I don't know all of them. Like I said, I'm still learning and I don't know if I ever will know all of them. I have really enjoyed going to church since finding a church that feels like a good place for me. Right. And I did try out a bunch of them and, you know, went to some small groups and things like that. And, you know, it just, I'm still finding my way there, right? Still carving. But I love the church that I attend now, which is St. Mark's uh, United Methodist Church here in Houston, Texas. Shout out to, you know, Pastor Emily. (laughs) Um, the, The pastors there, the sermons, how they relate to daily life. It's just, it just always leaves me breathless. It oftentimes will actually bring me to tears because it's so moving and I feel it so deeply. I believe that God is always with us. And, you know, something that I may have shared with some people, but not probably not a lot is that, you know, even though I wasn't very religious or had a lot of spiritual life, you know, kind of during that big chunk of my life, it really changed. There was this tipping point when I had Amelia and I can't explain why, you know, it might be just this divine happening. And it started when I was in child labor, when I was giving birth to her, I had this overwhelming just thought that came into my mind and it was just, God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. And I I never, I had never actually said that to myself in any context previously, but it, it was like somebody placed that in my head during that very moment. And I've never forgotten it. Right. And it changed me certainly. So I believe that God is always with us, guiding us, helping us through challenges. I believe that God is loving, is generous and compassionate, right? Like the the bad rap that so many people get or or kind of 
have with God is, I don't know, you, you hear people kind of being like God fearing, right? And I'm still kind of learning what some of these things mean, but like, I don't think we are meant to fear the wrath of God. That I don't think is what's happening here. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a parent, right? Like it's like this loving parent who is just guiding their child in life. And in addition to God, I think that there's other divine beings like angels and spirit guides that are assigned to us by God to help us along our path, right? Because God is too smart to be doing all the heavy lifting by himself. Okay. Um, he's got like his troops <laughs> and it's kind of like we have our own cheerleading squad in our own corner, right? Like, you know, you can always talk to God. You can always talk to your angels, your spirit guides. You can always ask for direction. And, you know, I, I really do think that through things like prayer, when you are in conversation with these divine beings, you will get these divine insights, right? You will start to kind of get new ideas and new inspiration. And that is the magic of it. But, you know, in addition to the angels, the spirit guides, all those things, right? The universe too is part of the picture there or a player in my story, right? In my kind of realm, my spiritual realm, because the universe is also created by God. So it holds this divine energy. You know, God's always at the top of the hierarchy, but he's kind of putting his powers out there through these different pathways. And when I pray, I address all of them. God, angels, spirit guides in universe, hear my prayers, right? That's kind of my go-to. On the other side of things, I also love astrology, numerology, human design, Enneagram, right? And I've been asked by people if I feel like these other things like astrology undermine my faith in God or my religion. And the answer to that for myself is no. First off, the stars have always are, you know, they they talk about, right? They followed the North Star into Bethlehem, right? Like the stars, the cosmos, they are a part of the story. They are in the good books. And these are just tools, right? Anything that helps us understand ourself and others and the world around us, they are tools that we are meant to use. The Bible, the Quran, the Torah, these are all tools, right? Actually, there's a uh, an author in a book that I read, right? And she talks about how all the different religions, all the good books, right? The Bible, the Quran, the Torah, I'm probably missing some, but you know, they're, they have a lot of the same people in them, right? All the same players, but the stories are different, right? And she was like, everybody was at the same party. They just were telling their story from the corner of the room that they were in, right? The perspective that they could see it. And I just loved that description because it was so inclusive, right? It was not um, demeaning anybody's experience or beliefs. It was like, okay, there's room for it all, right? Um, so yeah, these tools just help us to understand ourselves. What else? Um, you know, when it comes to religion and spirituality and faith, 
you get to decide what your spiritual life looks like. You know, just because I believe in angels and spirit guides and astrology does not mean that you have to believe in those things, right? I think that you are entitled to put together whatever mashup of spiritual practices and beliefs feels good to you, right? Um, if that means you don't wear your shoes in your house, if that means that you, um, you know, burn sage, you know, if that means that you do whatever you want, right? You are a sovereign individual and you get to decide for yourself what feels useful, supportive, and realistic. Okay. So some of my personal spiritual practices that for me, help me feel connected to God. They help promote relaxation and inner peace for myself. We've talked about it a million times. I'm sharing it again, gratitude, even when things are shitty. And that is the caveat here that we can't just be grateful for things when they're going well. I mean, yes. And when things are going crappy, find something to be grateful for you know, writing things out, journaling my gratitude, get a prayer journal. I freaking love it. Like I, that's how I do my gratitude. I write out my prayers, what I'm grateful for, and I address them to God, right? And I guess I didn't really think of it as like a prayer journal. That's just how I felt called to do my gratitude. Some people make lists, some people make bullet points, some people write stories, you know, whatever it is. Gratitude. It's huge. It's huge. Make time for it. Number two, feeling God's presence, right? And, you know, doing this mostly through meditation and stillness. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, observing my environment and watching the way things are working, you know, watching the outdoors, the birds, the butterflies, right? Like it sounds so cliche, but. <clears throat> These are God's creatures. And, you know, when you look at the things that are around us, right, when you really take time to look and appreciate what is with you and what's happening around you, it is magical. It is miraculous, right? Uh, there are no mistakes. Going to church, right, that is something I've gotten back to here in 2024, you know, even during the pandemic, um, I was, they were live streaming. And so I was watching on YouTube and stuff, but last year, not so much. I, I it wasn't, it wasn't a high point for me. <laughs> um, but sitting in that pew and listening to the sermon, that is dedicated time for stillness. That is dedicated time for connection to God. And, you know, one hour a week, I mean, I don't think it's too much to ask. It's it's something that I need to get back into practice with, um, and it has felt good. So if you've been out of practice, if you haven't gone to church in a while, don't be feeling shitty about it and don't be down on yourself. You know, just pick a day and go. Like, you know, and I think that's it. We get so in our head about not doing things the right way or I haven't done it in such a long time. Who fucking cares? Go to church <laughs> if, if you want to. I mean, if you don't, don't. Yoga and movement, I truly believe that we can connect to ourselves and to God through our breath, 
right? I felt this. And maybe that's why that thought came to me when I was in child labor that, you know, cause you're breathing heavy and I was literally just focusing on my breath. You know, our breath moves energy throughout our body. It ignites endorphins in our body, you know, the, when we're moving and the movement helps the movement and the breath, right. And all the things happening in your body, it shifts stuck energy. It creates a higher and a more positive vibration that is a divine frequency. That is divine energy, right? That is God. And that's amazing that we can get that close to it. So how is spirituality, faith, prayer, how is this all connected to manifesting what you desire? Because at the beginning, I said, we're going to talk about how these spiritual tools and spiritual practices can really help us reduce stress, which we've talked about, and then help us manifest the things that we want in life, right? So the concept of manifestation, and you hear about manifestation talked about a lot in, in, in the Bible and, and in religion, but the concept is not that we're just asking for something and then, we, and then we receive it, right? And that's the same thing with prayer, right? And I think that's kind of where maybe this misnomer was created is that people are like, oh, just pray and your, your prayers will be answered. Well, the thing that happens, right, <laughs> during prayer is that you're most likely expressing gratitude, right? And you're aligning yourself with certain things and you're connecting to God. And then God sends you these signs, right? He points you, he guides you. And manifestation is really very similar. It's about aligning our mindset and our beliefs and taking inspired action towards what we desire. Faith is required for manifestation because we have to believe something is possible in order for us to take action toward it, achieve it, and manifest it or bring it into our reality. Oftentimes, you know, we have to keep realigning our mindset and beliefs and continue taking more actions until we can overcome whatever obstacles or challenges are in our path so that we can get to that final manifestation stage, right? The ongoing faith in your desire, whatever it is that you desire, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, whatever goal you have, and certainly the ongoing faith in yourself, those are powerful manifestation tools. I tell my coaching clients that God never gives you a vision that you are not able to create and he makes no mistakes, right? So if he puts a desire in your heart, in your mind, it is meant for you. It is meant to be brought into the physical realm from that spiritual realm. So when you believe and have faith in this vision that you were gifted with, that is sacred, right? You are then accepting and believing that you are going to be the vessel for whatever this is to come into reality, right? It's for the good of you. It's for the good of all. And when you continue to focus, right, realigning your mindset, being grateful for what you have, asking for guidance, um, aligning your beliefs, right? You are matching that energy, right? You are coming into contact with that divine frequency and you are becoming a magnet for what you want to manifest, right? This is the law of attraction, right? It states that like attracts like. 
So in your heart, in your mind and inner and in your energetic body, if you are believing that something is going to be true with all your power, it will no doubt come to be right. And this seems like such a simple, simple thing, right? Like, okay, all I got to do is just like believe and like be grateful and it's just going to be great. Right? Like, well, you know, easier said than done. That's why it's called a spiritual practice or a manifestation practice. We got to practice, right? Like, cause we get in our head, we get in our imposter syndrome. We, we start to go down these rabbit holes and, and then we just say, you know, we get too distracted. So God is on your side, right? Knowing, having faith in your vision and your ability to take those next steps, um, the patience also to wait for that next sign, that next signal from God, um, that next redirection, that's for sure crucial. And also to know when you've done your part, you know, yes, we we'll have to align and realign and overcome an obstacle here and realign and overcome an obstacle there, right? It's it's not just like, you know, an A, B, and C, right? Like there's a sometimes a lot of steps between where we are and where we want to be or what we want to achieve. But there also comes a time when there's nothing more to do, right? So that's the surrender piece is kind of, knowing that you've done everything, uh, keeping your mindset in check and continuing to believe when things don't really necessarily, when it, when it looks like maybe it won't happen, right? Like that's the faith part, right? Like faith without the evidence, the proof, the empirical, the empirical evidence, right? Like it's just not like, it almost looks like, nope, this is absolutely not going to happen, but you continue to believe. Um, and then you leave it alone, right? Like you trust and you hold that vision and that energy stable to the point where you're not creating resistance. Because when you start to talk yourself out of the fact that it might happen or you're, oh no, it's a lost cause. It's not going to, like that's the resistance, right? You're pulling in the opposite direction. You got to be gentle. You got to be gentle so you can like let the good flow in. Um, you know, and that's, that's part of it. This is part of how it all comes together. Um, if you want to know more, of course, about manifesting and, you know, kind of the, really the go-to guide is the goal manifestation guide. <laughs> and you can buy that on my website. Definitely check it out. Um, everything's in there, a step-by-step, -step, so many different amazing things for you to, you know, overcome challenges and overcome procrastination and really um, execute on the things that you want to, to achieve for yourself. We all need kind of tips, right, on how to incorporate, you know, faith and prayer into our daily lives. It's not necessarily as simple as it seems, right? Because we're so busy, you know, there's so much going on. And, you know, the biggest thing that we can do if we want to infuse our life with more spiritual connection and build, you know, a, a, a spiritual practice so that it can benefit our health and well-being and, and we can reap all the benefits of it is to set aside time you know, and, and really with anything, that's the case is making time. We make time for what's important. So whether that's integrating some type of 
prayer or gratitude or, you know, um, meditation into your morning and evening routines, some type of visualization, you know, it's a great time for it. Prayer is this amazing tool for setting intentions and achieving your goals. And I've talked a little bit about this, but, you know, making that time for stillness, the way that I've learned to kind of journal my gratitude and prayers, like I said, kind of once you're in that zone of calmness, you get divine insights, you get new inspiration, these ideas and for actions that maybe you haven't tried come to you more easily because you're open and you're listening. Um, typically alongside my journaling and like my gratitude and, and prayer stuff, I'll also make a list of actions that arise during that period of reflection. Cause then I can say like, okay, like here's my next to-do list, right? Here are the next best steps that I've just thought of. And it's amazing. Um, you know, using prayer prompts or affirmations, you know, developing a kind of this list of prayers or affirmations or mantras that really resonate with you, you know, and address the areas of stress or goals that you want to manifest, you know, having your own little like book, like magic book, um, and making it a point to really spend time with those mantras and affirmations to reinforce the positivity and and the beliefs. Um, maybe even pick up some Bible verses, right? Post them around your office, use them as bookmarks. I actually have one that I just wrote. I literally found and like wrote it on a post-it and shoved it in a book as a bookmark. It does not have to be fancy. Um, create a sacred space in your home. This is another way to kind of infuse it. A good tip for kind of uh, being more present with your spirituality, right? Just like we need to make time and set time aside for our spiritual practices, we also have to maybe have a space that feels welcoming and feels like we can shut out the world. Um, maybe it's just a little corner or a little nook in your in your bedroom. Um, I have an altar uh, that is a beautiful wood altar that my um, friend Sherry's husband made. Shout out to Sherry. <laughs> um, and it's gorgeous. And I can put all my little knickknacks on it and my, you know, crystals. And it's just, a, you know, I've got my affirmation cards and some of my, um, my decks that I use and things like that. It's really fun. It's really, I look forward to going and sitting down there and it really does make kind of the stress of the world kind of melt away. You know, I can really shut things down and disconnect. Uh, maybe even joining a spiritual community, right? That's another great, great tip. Um, you know, uh, finding a church, a Bible study, a book, a spiritual book club that you want to join, right? Connecting with like-minded individuals, being able to have conversations. You know, I have some really good girlfriends, amazing girlfriends who that's what we do. We hang out, we drink tea, we geek out on, you know, all things spiritual and, um, you know, numerology and all of it. I have some very gifted friends who, who do those things, who know a lot more than I do. Um, and it can really just give you the sense of belonging and acceptance. Um, and it's quite beautiful. And, and lastly, the last tip here is just to stay open to guidance. You know, we are busy. We do have busy lives. 
it can feel like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders. It can feel like we are just solely responsible for solving not only our problems, but the problems of, you know, the, our colleagues, our bosses, our family, our friends, all the things. And you just need to realize that it's not really up to you, right? Like there is something bigger out there. And remember to take a breath. And be open to receiving the guidance that you need, the signs that are out there from the divine, from your higher self even. And pay attention. Pay attention to the synchronicities, you know, um, being mindful and just awake, right? Conscious, not on autopilot. That's when you get those intuitive insights and those subtle messages. The, that's when they arise, right? During everyday life, during prayer, during meditation, just in some of the most mundane moments uh, of the day, you know, you may just, you know, feel something come through. So a lot of amazing takeaways from today's episode, um, you know, spirituality, faith, prayer, they have a studied and proven positive impact on our psychological, physiological well-being. They help us cultivate a more positive mindset and stay aligned with our values. They help us really just feel better and more like we have a bigger purpose, right? In our day-to-day -day life. Um, and then of course, it's all tied into manifestation. Um, it's all, there's so many synchronicities too, between religion and manifesting and, you know, how we really make our way through this crazy world um, and accomplish what we want to accomplish while supporting other people, you know, not only the people that are close to us, but the people out there in our community as well. So thank you so much for being here. We are wrapping up. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for tuning in. You know, if you're not subscribed, please click the follow or the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe there as well. Um, if you liked this episode, if you've been listening, if you've been a hardcore listener, or just maybe if you just started and you really liked it, share it with a friend. You know, we always have to pass on um, helpful information and uh, yes, please know that I appreciate it. So keep shining and I will chat with you soon. Thanks so much.